This is Austin Real Estate Investing. Austin Real Estate Investing. We'll be discussing real estate investing in Austin, Texas, and bringing you experts from all different sectors of the real estate game. Your host, Jordan Moorhead, is a real estate agent and investor in Austin and is here to help you get started or to build your portfolio and explore new strategies. Hi, this is Jordan Moorhead with the Austin Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, we have another awesome guest for you. We've got Johnny Wolf. He's the CEO and founder of Homeroom. He's going to tell you all about what Homeroom is and how they can help you have better and more profitable real estate investments. Hey, Johnny, how are you? Hey, Jordan. Thanks so much for having me, man. Excited to be on uh, uh, your podcast about Austin. Uh, it's my favorite real estate investing market and where I really got my start. So super excited about this. Yeah, no, it's a lot of fun to learn before we got started here. So Johnny, really quick, before we get into it, most important question we ask, what is your favorite restaurant in Austin? Yeah, um, I would say Hobdotty. Uh, yeah, the burgers, they're incredible. So uh, I kind of, I mix it up on what I go with. And then the the Parmesan garlic fries. Oh, yeah. Just like really, really bad for the abs though, but like <laughs> uh, uh, pretty, pretty ex ex excellent otherwise. Love that. I love hot dotty. So for everybody that's listening that doesn't understand or know what homeroom is, can you just explain who you are and how, how homeroom helps real estate investors? Yeah, sure. So we help investors make 50% more rent with the same house. We do that by helping them invest remotely and rent out each room separately. And so um, there's, you know, the that's the, the short, quick answer and really what we do. Awesome. Yeah. And I actually have some friends using Homeroom and they've had nothing but good things to say. So I think, you know, people are going to want to know, how do you help them make 50% more regular than regular rent? Yeah, so it's really about space um, and, you know, usage arbitrage, right? So I think single family homes have the, the standard single family rental is a really great asset class, um, long term appreciation, really stable. Obviously, we've seen some dips in our lifetime, but not that many when you compare to other asset classes. Uh, like crypto and uh, equities. And so it was really strong. The, one of the challenges, especially right now, is that with interest rates higher and um, prices have kind of surged, is that the the yields have really been squeezed. And so what Homeroom will do is we come in, we'll look, we'll find the right type of house and rent it out by the room. And when you do that, you can get a lot more rent. Some of our homes get 100% more rent than they would get if you rent them out as a standard single family rental. Some get about the same, right? And so it's a it's an emerging market, so there's a bit more room to, you know, how what you're going to get as you buy it and how it's going to perform is something we 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 work on together with data. Um but on average our investors are making a lot quite a bit more. So it's a really interesting model. The the more rent is the number one benefit, also a bit more stable. Um if you have five tenants and one leaves, you still get rent from four, right? So then you, you're you turning like a room versus turning the whole house. And then that creates a lot more stability of your revenue. So that's um that's kind of what we, you know, what the benefit is of working with homeroom on a property. Yeah, no, I mean, it's the same principles of multifamily there with the vacancy. You know, when you've got mm -hmm. five rooms, like you said, you've got four, it's like having a five unit just in one. Um, 
Can any property utilize homeroom? Any single family? We generally work with homes that have four or more bedrooms. And we find that the unit economics are that at you know two or two one or two or three bedrooms, you're typically not going to make as much with renting by the room. Um, because roommates see the room itself as a unit. They don't care if there's how many roommates there are, but they're not going to give you more than six hundred dollars. Uh, but if you have six roommates, then $600 adds up pretty quickly. So it really depends on the house. We recommend, you know, other pieces, good amount of parking. Uh, we don't like to do it in HOAs because HOAs frown upon this approach. Um, and so not any house. We generally, we actually help investors pick the right house if they're looking to buy right now. Um, if they have a house today, it may or may not be convertible to this model but you come to us, we'll take a look at it. We'll use our data science to review the pricing on it, what, you'd, what we think you'd get for a room. And we'd say, hey, you know, you, you need to invest this much to make it co-living. This is how much you'd make. This house seems perfect or this house doesn't really work. And, you you know, if you want to do it anyway, because you like the stability, but and it makes a little less money. We've had people do that. It's just not the norm of why people are using this model. Okay. Cool. Well, that's good. It sounds like you're real upfront with people when they come to you with their house and say, Hey, I want to do it. Um, yeah. You mentioned you help them pick the house too. That's really interesting. So how does that work? You know, we're full stack, right? So, you know, we have a lot of attributes of like a, you know, a full service real estate investment brokerage. You come to us, you say, Hey, I've got hundred grand. I'm looking to deploy into, you know, a single family space. Uh, it seems like this model is more stable than short-term rentals and you make more money than a single family house. So I'd like to move forward with it. And we'll, at that point, kind of work with you to identify the right market, right? Some investors are looking for appreciation potential. Some are looking for yield. And so a lot of times when people are looking for max appreciation potential, we point them towards Austin, right? Because we think that's is, you know, it's 5% a year for 20 years. We think there remains really strong unit economic or economics in the in the city in terms of jobs growth population growth all those things line up with continued real estate price increases even with the pullback we've seen we think the trend line is still up and to the right for a long time um so we really push austin for those heavy appreciation investors um and then we'll actually look at the properties that hit the mls or off-market deals and until we find one that matches what the investor is looking for that's awesome yeah, no, yeah. I totally agree with Austin. The way I got to Austin actually was renting a room from somebody. So I know there's a ton of demand for that too. Yeah, there is. I, I That's actually lived with a roommate when I first moved to Austin in 2015, um, bought a house, rented out the rooms in Austin 2016 through 2018. So like, yeah, it's definitely a good amount of demand for it. Um, you want to live close into the center of the city in Austin because that's where all the cool stuff is. Yeah. Yeah, especially if you're younger too. So, you know, when, because I know for, for we're, I run a real estate team here in Austin and we see a lot of the bigger bedroom count houses further out. Is there a distance from downtown you might recommend for people looking to do rent by the room? Yeah, I mean, we yeah. look and I kinda, it kind of goes, it kind of counters what I just said, right? Which is like people like to live close, but, um, we found that at a certain level of population density, we, we basically, when you look at a property, we look at a lot of data around the property in terms of net migration to the neighborhood, number of people per square mile, um, crime, income, and trends for both of those. 
-hmm. And so as long as there's enough density is the biggest one, as long as there's enough density, then it works, right? We have a lot of houses in Pflugerville, a lot of houses in Round Rock. We have a couple in Georgetown. We have some in um, Leander. So mm -hmm. it, it doesn't have to be that Cedar Park. It doesn't have to be that close to downtown. Now, the houses in downtown, they are the rooms are more expensive and they they'll fill up immediately. My one of my properties is um, off East Riverside, and that's fairly close in the middle. And that one just like always just hot It always there's always a ton of demand for it. So, OK, yeah. so so you all help people find the properties. And then can you explain a little bit about your the management process next? So I have a friend that did this, and I had all sorts of questions for him. And I, it was really intriguing to learn about the process and how it works. But let's say investor closes on the property on a Friday, and they start looking to get it furnished and rent it out. What, what needs to happen next? Hey, guys, this is Jordan Moorhead here. And I wanted to ask if you could do a huge favor for me. If you could go leave a review for this podcast wherever you're listening to it, that would really help me get this into the hands of other people that are interested in information about Austin real estate investing, and I'd be able to help more people. Thanks, guys. Yeah, so most of our homes will add bedrooms, right? And and so we'll we'll look at the home before it's purchased and we'll say, okay, we got starts with five bedrooms. We could probably do six here. And those extra bedrooms, they you have to pay for the construction, but we'll manage that in-house. Mm. Um, so we'll get that done for you really quickly. We'll do permitting as needed for the electrical and the mechanicals, um, because that stuff's really important. We do everything to code and, um, yeah, so we'll get that set up and then we'll do a cleaning, a uh, we'll burnish it. We'll do a Matterport. Um, so you have like, a, you know, you, you see your property, even if you live remotely, mm -hmm. um, which I think is pretty cool. And then that helps us lease it as well. So that all happens when 30 to 45 days. We have a really exceptional um, operations team on the maintenance and construction side. They're they're really, really freaking good. They they hit their numbers. They they do it on time. And um, it's one of the least stressful parts of our business, which is kind of surprising. Yeah, that's extremely surprising because that's one of the most stressful parts of the business, the real estate business for a lot of other people. So you'll... Yeah. You'll manage the construction, you'll manage furnishing it, you'll manage getting all the photos and the Matterport, the 3D tour taken afterwards. That's yeah, amazing. we do full stack, man. We do have people that already have homes and they'll just be like, I want to join Homeroom. We have a guide here. Here's how you do it. Um, and, we'll, we'll, and some people want to do their own construction. I think that's zany to do. <laughs> like, it's like I have a guy that runs has run a construction company for 20 years and then another guy above him who um you worked at mine they did ten thousand remodels right in like three-year period so i would probably go with that team over like you managing it yourself personally even though it's we're gonna charge you a little bit but like uh some people are like i'm gonna just save that four grand and do it myself it's like all right man <laughs> good luck <laughs> have fun i hope that you could use that money in something that offsets the stress that you've uh given you know created for your own life yeah, no, it's a lot of work. I've done uh, a few, quite a few yeah, rehabs, and some yeah, are bro. some are easy, but some are just absolutely ton of work. Even when you're using a contractor to do it, yeah. So, sounds like you have that yeah. extra level of management above the contractor too. We have a we 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 have a contractor that's our partner, and then we have in house. We have a guy. We have a construction 
manager and then we have who manages the contractor directly and then we have above him a kind of a director of operations with deep con construction and maintenance experience nice so is there a maximum number of beds that you won't go above like an, say an eight bedroom house or 10 bedroom house the most we have is eight to, no, okay. i think we have a i think we have a nine we we don't really have a hard rule i think it's important to kind of be aware that there are some city zoning regulations that you have to be aware of, that you have to like kind of be aware of right in austin you can have six bedrooms according to the city zoning code and the six unrelated people as a family and so you can well underwrite above we think those laws are kind of you know they're 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 not our favorite and we we think there's first amendment arguments against them and so if an owner it's and it's a code violation not like a misdemeanor or felony. it's just like so you can roll that you can if you feel like you feel good about it you can add an additional bedrooms go up to seven eight nine in nearly all cases it's fine and if the city we do have do have issues with the city we have a compliance department that'll work with the city to get it to usually work through it and have no issues but it is something you have to be aware of it's like that that's part of this game um is the kind of the zoning uh piece with the city so yeah. we'll talk all of our investors through that and say here's the risk here's you know the potential of anything happening here um and that's part of it. we just want to make sure we're transparent with people um but it's honestly it's those are super seldom enforced laws and they're also very easy to manage the city when if something happens so you you know we had 15 houses have a city talk to us last year and none of those houses got shut down or had any further issues after we kind of worked through it so it was pretty pretty cool situation yeah and i think you know i would think is there a certain number of bathrooms you're looking to have per room or you don't run into that being an issue um we generally want to have a bathroom for every three rooms okay. um we'll do we'll do it to four we've done done five before i think there's a, there, it becomes an it becomes a real issue when you get three is three works mm -hmm. four gets crowded five gets real crowded so we generally generally want to have two full baths that are publicly accessible and then that will usually do it for you um having one full bath that's accessible to all the other rooms is is kind of bad um so we'll basically create a wall in the master and allow people to use that master bath so you'll have the two bathrooms oh cool so you'll open it up just to give them an extra bathroom yeah it's you, you know the you can get a little bit you can get like 20 percent more for a master bedroom but you want to have a good environment so you generally want to if you have three bathrooms two publicly accessible and one i'm getting really in the weeds here but um you can um you can keep the master and get a little bit more for it but it's generally better to give the master to the tenants they they're happier they stay longer it's mm -hmm. good for your kind of like long-term performance okay cool um yeah. In a, a, another question I get asked a lot is, what do you do in the kitchen? You know, when you got to split up the kitchen between everybody, like different pieces of the refrigerator or different pieces of the cabinets, what happens there? Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting, interesting one. And, um, you know, we just say share the refrigerator and share the cabinet space. Um, we've tried, we try to have, you know, we have, real, we have pretty, pretty good tenants quality, um, you know, and so... And we ask them to do roommate meetings and create their own roommate rules and manage their own kind of common areas. So we do come in and clean once a month. 
um, to make sure things don't get out of, out of control. Um, but generally it's really about kind of like saying, Hey, this, you guys are adults. You can, you can kind of like figure out how to run this part of the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just leave, give them the, give them the democratic option to figure it out on their own make their own rules. That's cool. And then the once a month, I feel like if you're cleaning once a month, it couldn't get that dirty. Um, yeah. Do you? Can, I mean, things <laughs> can get dirty for sure. But it, it, we actually do something called made grades where we'll grade the house for cleanliness during the, the cleaning. So it sort of creates like this like consistent um, feedback loop between the cleaning team and the house so that if you're fall below a certain grade, we'll actually send the maids again, charge you again. So it's like, you got to keep it clean guys, but we'll come in and do deep cleaning. It's to keep people that are really clean, like happy and staying longer. Cause those are the tenants we all want to be there. Um, but also create accountability for those that are not cleaning uh, appropriately. Yeah, no, that makes a whole lot of sense. So they, they, they get charged if they're not keeping it clean. Cause the cleaner has to come back again. That's smart. Yeah. Really yeah, smart. you don't you don't want you don't want pests, man. Those things are those things are hard to get out, and then everyone's mad. <laughs> One thing about tenants is if things go wrong, uh, tenants get mad at you, and it's like, well, you kind of like just left some potatoes and they just rotted, and now you have flies. Like, you know, I don't know, not really our fault. But if you have a maid that catches that before that happens, then you know, no one's mad and they don't blame you, right? So makes a lot of sense. So Johnny, what attracted you to real estate investing? It sounds like you moved to Austin, you you were a roommate and then you did this on your own, but what got you interested in doing this? Yeah, I, the, I first experimented in real estate investing in 2008. Um, it's like a friend of a friend at a property management company in Midland, Texas. And uh, you know, I bought a property and didn't know what the heck I was doing. Um, it was like right out of college. And it, it did pretty well. It was like fun to watch. I had like no cash flow basically, but like, you know, I learned about real estate and um, I was a financial analyst by trade in the Silicon Valley. I started to do numbers like, okay, if I, I have my money in the stocks and my stock options, but what if I put them in real estate? And as I ran the numbers, I began to realize like, well, if I run, if the more leverage I can get in a fast appreciating market, the more wealth I can generate more quickly. So I decided to pick up and move to Austin in 2015 um and bought a number of properties as you know and and house hacked them basically and that's that was kind of the beginning of homeroom was doing that in austin so it started with sort of uh, started very casually but kind of sped up that's awesome so you you started you bought a couple house hacks when did homeroom start uh 2018 okay so not long after you moved to austin that, that's awesome how did that come about? So how did you say, hey, I, this is work? Did you say, hey, it's working so well for me? I'm going to show other people how to do this? Yeah, it. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, like I was looking at these homes in Austin that I felt like at the time I was like, you know, this is really where the appreciation is going to happen, I think, over the next three years. So it's like East Riverside. I bought something off of Stas, like Man Manchek and... Sassy and Manchak, like pretty close to that area. And that was before those, those were like $300,000 homes at that point. And so, but the issue is like, even at that price point, I couldn't rent it for enough to cash flow. And so I just said, Hey man, let's, let's do, let's rent by the room. Cause I can get a bit more. 
And then that ended up getting me some cash flow. I started to share that strategy with some friends and they were wanted to invest. So I was investing, um, but there wasn't really an option for them to do that. So I kind of, I used that interest and created homeroom so that I can help people invest like this. And, you know, the really cool benefit of this is you're creating value in housing, right? With your investment. So you're making more money, but people that are living in the houses are paying 30 to 50% less. So that was, that was a cool part of it for me too, as I was investing, getting the cash flow. I got to like manage these um, early stage professionals. And so there's just a lot of positives to the model for me, which so I wanted to go a lot bigger with it. Yeah. No, I, I, we get asked all the time, is there anybody that manages rent by the room? Um, mm -hmm. And I, I know you all do, and it's great, great to learn more about it here. So you started investing in it yourself. You started helping other people do it. It sounds like Homeroom really manages everything, everything from the construction to helping people identify the houses to the placing tenants. What does the landlord need to take care of then? So what are the, my responsibilities if I'm the, the owner? Have you wanted to be part of GoBundance, the tribe of millionaires, but just haven't hit that millionaire status yet? Well, now you can, not even being a millionaire, by joining our new program, GoBundance Emerge. My name's Jamie Gruber, creator of GoBundance Emerge and member of the GoBundance community. And now you can join. GoBundance.com slash emerge. GoBundance.com slash emerge. Use code Jordan for $100 off this 12-week goal-setting program and mastermind that'll propel you to being a whole-life millionaire. Yeah, I mean, you have to, you know, first of all, you know, decide what the right financial path is for you. We're going to, we have financial, you know, what, our team has financial advise, advising backgrounds, but it's like, you know, what are really your goals? Like, do you want cash flow? Do you want wealth gain? What do you want? Right. So you have to make decisions there. Um, you have to get pre-qualified for a loan. You have to, you know, say yes to the house and get it, get it, get it assigned. And you have to write a check to us to do the construction set up the property and that's about it right from there it's pretty much on cruise control um and then you'll get your your distribution just like any other kind of property manager on a monthly basis uh you'll have some visibility to exactly why you got that amount and um and so yeah so that's pretty much pretty much like a standard turnkey situation with just a little bit more um i guess innovation to it yeah all right really turnkey what markets do you operate in right now? We're in Kansas City, uh, Dallas, Austin, San Antonio, Houston, Charlotte, Atlanta, and Tampa. Yeah. Indianapolis. Almost forgot that one. Nice. All good markets. Um, do you plan on expanding to more markets too? Yeah, we'd like to be in every city in the United States. I think we are in enough markets today to kind of iterate on the product. To make sure we have the right value for the investor and the tenant, um, stabilize our operations, all that stuff. We grew really, really fast in 2022. 2021, we grew about 500%. So we're still working through some um, some kind of like grow, growing pains there. And uh, so that's, that's interesting. But uh, so for now, we're in enough markets, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you want to grow too fast because you just lose lose track of what you're doing and everything starts to break yeah i know orchard is a real estate company that grew really quickly and was also different kinds of markets and i know they've shrunk pretty considerably here this year as things have gotten yeah. tough yeah a lot of markets it's it's operationally more challenging 
because mm-hmm. you you don't have as much depth, <clears throat> especially operationally and maintaining properties. You our team is like really exceptional at vendor sourcing, but the more density you have in, in cities, the more you can like lean on certain vendors with more consistency and you have more leverage with them. And so that can be really helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. You've got all the connections you need there. Um, Johnny, what's the biggest mistake you've seen investors make when it comes to rent by the room? Maybe before you started helping them with homeroom, like you saw somebody make this horrible mistake or, or maybe you made a mistake and you said, I would never do that again. Yeah, I would never buy a rent by the room home in an HOA neighborhood. I think that would be the biggest mistake that I made and that uh, investors want to make a lot. And Austin has a lot of really nice homes in HOA neighborhoods. Uh, the issue is that uh, it's sort of like a little tiny country and they can just sort of like create any law they want at any time. And that's <laughs> not ideal for roommates because like sort of a lot of rights, like First Amendment rights are gone. Um in these HOA communities. So you, there's, you know, you can come in and they can say, you know, we honor the the city zoning laws and then they could change it if the, the roommates are annoying and the, the wrong person becomes the president. So that's a big issue. I think the other one is probably patience. To get a home in this model and to get it set up and then kind of like to find the right rent p- price. Because you go in with data science and then you have to, you're sort of exploring though, right? Because it's sort of a new building with a new new units. And so you have to find that. And so it takes the homes nearly always stabilize. It just depends on it takes a little time to kind of dial it in. And then you're set for a long time. Okay. How long does it usually take to dial it in for a, a new home? Like six months, maybe? Nine months? Yeah, I, th- I think six months is a good amount of time. We'll we'll see some that'll dial in way faster. Um, we'll see others that'll come in and, and we'll expect a price and it'll go, it will need to bring it down. We'll see others that start to come off the, start to fill up so fast, we have to bring the price up. So it's just, you're kind of playing with this, its own multifamily building in this unique neighborhood and this unique uh, part of the city with these unique attributes in every room. And so that's something that you can underwrite the heck out of it going in, but it takes, you have to fine tune it as you, after the property's purchased to really get it right. Okay. Do you typically, because I usually start high on rents and I'll lower them a little bit. Is that kind of the model you all follow? Yeah, that's typically our model. And we'll, we'll do, we'll, we'll review pricing once a week on all properties to look at like how long, you know, a room's been on there, how much, and we have some data around web traffic and lead volume through all the channels. And we'll say, okay, looks like it just needs time or doesn't look like we have enough interest. So we need to make an adjustment. Okay. I guess, you know, just when we're talking about lease prices, how long are the leases on these things? Are they month to month or do they sign a year lease? How's that work? The minimum we'll do is three months. Uh, We, you know, when people move in, it, you know, it disrupts the house, right? And we try to do roommate interviews so everyone gets to know each other before they move in. Um, So that's a little bit of work for the tenants um, and for us. And so three months is kind of our minimum. We will do, you know, three to 15 months um most people sign a year lease that's very typical is there any price difference in like a three month versus a year yeah it's the 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 shorter you go the more expensive it is okay cool no that's good to know um so they do interviews too i want to learn a little bit more about that so the roommates do they come in is there any sort of 
things they can't ask or certain questions they do ask? Yeah, I mean, the roommates themselves are the tenants, and so fair housing doesn't actually apply to them because they're <laughs> it's close quarters, it's close quarters laws. We don't, we obviously honor all fair housing stuff, like we were screening everyone the same, you know, and um we honor, you know, it's and we um, but when we put it through the roommates, the roommates can really ask whatever they want. Um we tell the roommates like you don't really get to like say no to people, but you get to talk to them. And then if it's like a mutual bad fit, we can like move the person somewhere else potentially. Um, or if you feel very unsafe and like maybe we miss something in screening, then we'll kind of like take another look. So that's that we want to make sure everyone has the opportunity to talk to each other. Yeah, that's cool. They probably feel like they have a say in it. And I would imagine most of the time they're they're saying yes, but they feel like they said yes. And it wasn't you that just brought some random person in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, they can at least put eyeballs on before they're like opening the front door with their like dresser. Yeah, I've lived in a few. So before I got started house hacking myself, I lived in a few by the rooms. And I remember one of the guys who's one of my best friends to today, I was actually in his wedding. I'd never met him. And he just he happened to move in. I came home one day and all of his stuff was there. And he was in. I hated the guy. For no reason, but I just didn't like him. I'm like, man, F this guy. What's he doing in my house? Blah, blah, blah. It wasn't my house. It was somebody else's house. But like I said, we're the best of friends now. I was just in his wedding a few months ago. So I'm so glad yeah. I met him. Yeah, it um, it takes a little warming up sometimes. So we want to get that warming up process started as early as we can, even before people move in. So that's that's really kind of the, the main reason. Um, and also... You know, yeah, it gives people a sense of ownership of their their roommate situation. Yeah, definitely. I love that. Uh, Johnny, if you had to start over today yourself with real estate investing, is there anything you would do differently? Jordan Moorhead here. Really quickly, wanted to tell you a couple other ways you can keep track of us. If you want to listen to all these podcasts and ask questions, the Moorhead team on YouTube is the best place to be. And then Austin Real Estate Investors on Meetup is a great place to keep track of all of our meetups we have going on. Yeah, I probably moved to Austin a lot earlier because <laughs> <I, laughs> 2015 is pretty good, but probably moved in like 2010. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think, yeah, I think moving, I think, I, I think the, there's a lot of value in, um, and living somewhere where you can buy a home that can eventually become a rental property. Um, you get more leverage on it. Um, you can house hack it. You can vacation rental it. You can self-manage it, all that stuff. So yeah, I probably, I think that's something like that. I've used that approach a lot. Cause like when you start with no money and you're like an entry-level employee at a company, like that's really your only option. Mm-hmm. So doing that as early as you can is something I would recommend to almost everyone. That's one of the negatives. I live in San Diego, California right now, and that's you can't buy a house. You can't build wealth and kind of where you live. You can't use it as an asset to make money. So, yeah, it's so easy too. I I had a, a client uh, two years ago, bought a duplex here in Austin. He walked away from the table with $17,000. I've seen so many people buy properties with just a couple grand down, as low as $1,000 down. And like you said, you could turn that into an asset and that thousand dollars down could be hundred or hundreds of thousands of dollars later on. And all you got to do is live in it. 
Yeah, it's pretty, it's in Austin's. Yeah. They got the down payment assistance program in Austin. Mm-hmm. Like the first duplex I bought when I moved there, I, I walked away from closing with a thousand. I didn't bring anything. <laughs> um, and then the duplex appraised at 315 and I bought it for 285. And, you know, and so it's just, I don't know, man. I, I just don't know if there's easier money out there than that. Maybe, maybe if there is, I don't know where it is, right? To make tens of thousands with, you know, with real, with almost, with very little effort. Um, and Austin real estate is, you know, it's, it's, it's gone through a little dip right now, but it's, it just feels terribly stable still to me because of the fundamentals of Texas and the fundamentals of what Austin is becoming. Absolutely. So. And I, I like what you said that it, there, you know, there's definitely not easier money that that's, is that predictable? You know, like it's almost guaranteed that if you buy the, you got to buy the right deal, but if you buy the right deal in 10, 20, 30 years, you're going to be really happy you did. Even in a few years, if you buy one, then a year later, you buy another and then another, you're going to be so happy a few years down the road. It's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) What's, I mean, I started, I started the company on, on the back of Austin real estate, right? Really? I bought and I sold the property and took that money and started the company and yeah, cause start making six figures in a couple of years. I mean, it's been a tough, it's been a tough year for Austin real estate and a lot of hotter markets, but I don't know. I can't see it. I feel like it's not, I feel like it's still going to stick to that 5% a year appreciation trajectory for a bit longer. So, Oh Yeah if not better. And I know we've had a tough year with interest rates where they are and property taxes where they are. Um, a lot of the more expensive markets, you know, especially California have had, had a tough time. California, Austin, um, you know, Denver, I know has gotten a pretty rough year under their belts, but if you're buying the right asset with, and it's making good cash flow, you can hold on to it through these dips. So homeroom seems like they help a lot with that. Yeah, that's that's really the goal. So you can like stick with the assets because you make more cash flow, and maybe you can buy a bit better asset because you're making more cash flow. It's the other part of it that we we really like about the model. Yeah, love that, Johnny. What's next for Homeroom? What are the long term goals, and what's the vision for the company? Yeah, we want to be in every market in the United States. You know, in the next five years, um, uh, you know, and that's you know, it's a big goal. We eventually want to expand internationally. We'd love to see um, Canada and um, Mexico and Germany kind of are on the roadmap. Um, yeah. And then we've had a few thousand tenants now. So, you know, we wanted that number to become tens of thousands and even hundreds of thousands with time. That's awesome. Is it every market in the United States over a certain population or just every market? Yeah. Yeah. Every, every, every market over 50,000, I think is kind of the goal. Um, it gets with really, really small markets and very little migration, the model's tougher to operate. Yeah. Um, but it works in more markets than you'd expect. Like we're in Kansas City and the suburbs of Kansas City works. It model works quite well. Awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. I would think on the really small market, like a couple thousand people, people just buy a house or rent a house for a couple hundred bucks and it's hard to compete with that. But in Austin where it's... Yeah. $1,700 to rent a one bedroom, you know, 800 bucks sounds pretty good. 
The other issue is that if if no one's moving, it's hard to get something new working, right? Because like if everyone's just like two thousand people, they've lived in the same house their whole lives. No one moves. Yeah. No one moves to the city. Like, and you put six new units on the market that are rooms. It's like, okay, who's going to move into those? No one's moving from out of state. No one's moving from out of the city. No one really moves between houses in the city. So you just it creates a it kind of it's like just kind of like a very stagnant marketplace. Um, you know, the opposite is like in Austin where people are moving in from all over the place. People are moving around a lot. So if you have a new model, you have a lot of eyeballs looking at all the time. And it gives you a lot of a much better chance to kind of have success. Yeah, no, that's really important. Uh, Johnny, do you have a favorite business or mindset book that you like to recommend to people? Hmm. Yeah, I really like um, Mindset by Carol Dweck. And so oh, I know yeah. it's like, yeah, I really, I really like the concept of being able to take something that's really, really challenging in front of you instead of like feeling like, why is life so hard and painful and thinking like, I'm improving just a little bit more with this, you know, and um, I'm getting better, you know, every as I grow through these like challenges. So it's really, yeah, it's a helpful mindset. Um, and yeah, I love that book a lot. Love anything mindset related. It's just it, it, a small mindset will hold you back so much. And if you can get your head around that you can do anything, you really can do anything. Johnny, is yeah. there the best way people can get a hold of you or follow you or learn more about Homeroom? Yeah, so you can uh, livehomeroom.com is our website. Uh, backslash invest is how you talk to me or the team about purchasing properties with Homeroom. Uh, we also uh, we will publish pretty frequent blog articles, and you can you'll see the you can see those on our LinkedIn or anywhere else, any other social media platform. I haven't really gotten too much into TikTok yet, or I really want to. I'm just not much of a dancer, but I think that's that's next on the docket for us. So yeah, we're actually on TikTok, but I don't have the TikTok app on my phone. Our social media guy just posted, it. so we're out there somewhere, but I'm not sure what's <laughs> going on on it. Nice. I think we're going to, yeah, I think that's our plan pretty soon here too. So yeah, TikTok's, yeah, TikTok's going bonkers. Yeah. It's impressive. So. Absolutely. So is uh, livehomeroom.com is the best way to learn about homeroom? Yeah. Livehomeroom.com is the best way. Or you can email me at johnny at livehomeroom.com if you have any questions about like house hacking or co-living or investing in real estate. Happy to answer like up and coming investors if they have issues or questions. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a great offer too. Do you do you all have an Instagram? Just home room Instagram? Yeah, live home room. At live home room. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, everybody go to livehomeroom.com at live homeroom on Instagram. I know if you search homeroom anywhere, you're gonna find it really easily. I have a lot of friends that have found it just ha happening across it. And I, like I said, I have a few friends using it right now. Um, really exciting to learn about your company, Johnny. And I look forward to learning more. Yeah, Jordan, thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it made me want to uh, hop out of burger. Um, <laughs> and to move back to Austin and start buying real estate again. It's uh it's definitely my favorite city in the US. So um, but yeah, thanks for having me, man. Really, really cool time. Yeah, I appreciate it. Next time you're in town, let's grab a hop dotty burger. I actually haven't been there in too long. Yeah. 
we'll just have to do the one in like in the in uh in the north because the one off congress is bananas all the time yeah, so, yeah. yeah a lot of fun up north and the little dotty over there uh southwest is cool too all right, cool. I, I don't think I've been to that one. So awesome, man. Jordan, thank you so much for having me, man. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Johnny. Talk to you soon. Okay. See ya.